You are listening to the Calvary Church Podcast, where each episode features a life-transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service that's already in progress. I have several scriptures to read to you tonight. And um, so instead of making you stand, we're going to do a little different. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to let you be seated as I begin to work my way through uh, these scriptures. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we love you, and we are so thankful to be in your house tonight. Lord, I'm thankful for the liberty and the faith that I feel here already tonight, God. Thankful, Lord, for the authority that I feel in this room. Lord, I pray right now that you would give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying unto the church. Lord, release revelation in this room tonight, O God. In the name of Jesus, anoint me to preach your word to your people. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. 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 Give the Lord a hand clap tonight as you are seated. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We are going to go tonight to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians 14. If you have your Bibles, and we will read verses 1 through 5, and then we will go to Ezekiel chapter 37, uh, a, a story many of us have likely heard before, and we will read verses 1 through 7, but we're going to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and we're going to begin to read verses 1 through 5. In December of last year, uh, in it while I was staying in a, a ministry house uh, somewhere where I was ministering, and I began to seek the Lord about the, the turning of the page on 2022 and, and just began to seek God about a word for this year and, and, and direction for this year. And I, I know we're halfway through this year, but I just feel to kind of give you a little backstory here on, the, on this word that I'm going to bring to you. Uh, if you were a member, I know our memories seem to be short these days, right, because of all the stuff we've been through in the last 24 months. But if you'll think back with me just a little bit to about six months ago, uh, it just, it was a time, and, and still is, but uh, a time of extreme chaos and a lot of volatility. And I remember as as last year was coming to a close, I I began to think about the church and all that it had been through and all the challenges that the pandemic had brought and all of the ups and downs of the church and just begin to seek God about a sure word, something that would help the church and, and bring a steadfastness back into the spirit of the hearts of the people of God. And the Lord began to deal with me on, on this topic. Let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Beginning with verse 1. If you have it, say amen. Amen. Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and 
comfort. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. Verse 5. I would that ye all spake with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied. For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. I'm going to preach to you on this topic tonight, prophesy, prophesy, hallelujah. I want to just look quickly at the scriptures that we read here tonight and just pull a few things out of that text for you that I want you to keep in mind. Paul here is highlighting the prophetic. He is in no way negating the necessity of salvation, of speaking in tongues. He said, I would that ye all spake with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied. I understand that in our, our, in our English language that the wording there could cause you to think that perhaps he is setting aside uh, speaking in tongues and saying, no, you don't need to do that. It's better if you prophesy and you don't need to worry about this. That is not what he is saying. What he is saying here is, I would that you all spake with tongues, all. I would that ye all spake with tongues. As a matter of fact, he is affirming the need to speak in tongues. He said, you all need the Holy Ghost. You all need to be filled with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. But don't stop there. You did not receive that gift uh, just to possess that gift. Uh, but there are gifts within the gift uh, that can be released in your life uh, that will help you, that will strengthen you, and will edify you. Uh, he said, I would that you all speak with tongues, uh, but I would rather that you not stop there uh, and took another step forward uh, into the prophetic. Somebody said, say amen. 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 He highlights the qualities, the attributes of the prophetic in this passage of scripture here. He says when the prophetic is released, it edifies, it comforts, it exhorts, it encourages. He said when you speak in tongues, it edifies you. How many of you can attest to that, that that when you are praying and you are trying to break through and you begin to speak with other tongues, immediately there's a stirring in your spirit and something begins to move in your soul. And, and you may have felt despondent a few moments ago, but as you begin to release that river of life from your lips, something begins to be edified inside of you and faith begins to build and strength Strength begins to rise and virtue begins to be replenished as you speak with other tongues. Why? Because there is a life in those tongues. Hallelujah. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost already. He said, I would that you all speak with tongues. You need it. I need it. I can't, I don't go one day without speaking in tongues. I need that river to flow in my life every single day. Hallelujah. Ha. But he said, hey, when you do that, it's edifying you. 
He said, there is something else inside of that gift that edifies, exhorts, and encourages others. And it is the prophetic. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Woo. Let's go to Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel chapter 37, beginning with verse 1. The hand of the Lord was upon me. And carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones. And caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. What a powerful word picture we hear in the, we see here in the book of Ezekiel. As the Lord brings him to this valley of dry bones. And paints a picture of death. Paints a picture of hopelessness. Before Ezekiel's eyes here, he sees a wasteland where there seems to be no hope. And then God asks Ezekiel a question. He says, can these bones live? He said, Ezekiel, look at this impossible situation. Look at this situation that everybody walks around, everybody neglects. Everybody pretends, doesn't have any hope for the future. He said, you tell me, Ezekiel, can these bones live? And I feel like Ezekiel did what I would have done. He copped out. He said, you know. He said, I ain't even going to pretend to answer that question. He said, oh, Lord God, thou knowest. That was kind of a Martha answer. Well, I know you'll raise him at the last day, right? Oh, man, I feel challenged in the Holy Ghost right now. How many times have you seen something like a valley of dry bones in front of you? And the Holy Ghost nudges you and says, hey, what do you really think about this situation? Do you think that can be turned around? Tell me, I know what they're saying, and I know what you're seeing, but tell me, what do you really believe is going to happen? Tell me, what do you think the end of this story is? it. And we say, oh, Lord God, thou knowest. You know what that means? It means, Lord, I don't have faith for anything. I need you to tell me. My faith is so far gone, I don't even know what to have faith for. Oh, Lord God, thou knowest. Let's pick up right there. And he said unto me, prophesy Upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. 
He said, Ezekiel, I'm going to tell you to prophesy, but I'm not going to let you just go off on your own and try to imagine or come up with something. I'm going to tell you what to say. Ezekiel, I want you to lift your voice. And the first thing I want you to do is command the valley of dry bones to listen to what you're going to say. He said, you're going to take authority in the atmosphere and command the attention of what was once alive and now is dead. And you're going to command it to turn its ear toward the word of the Lord. Ah. And I will, thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. He said, you're going to command them to listen. You're going to command breath to come into them. And you're going to command what's been separated and scattered to to come back together in unity. I'm talking to some people tonight who have situations that are so fractured, that are so separated, that are laying so far apart that in your mind you can never imagine that thing coming back together. It's been so broken. It's been so chaotic that in your mind you're like, my God, I don't even know where to find the pieces to put them back together. As I'm looking at a valley of dry bones. I don't know what bone goes with this bone. I can't put this mess back together. And God said you're going to command a unification in that valley. And I'm going to bring every piece back together and make it one again. Verse 7. So I prophesied as I was commanding. Ezekiel did not walk out on that valley of dry bones with the intention to prophesy. He did not walk up on that scene with a word in his spirit. But the spirit of the Lord moved upon him and said, In your mouth is the authority, is the dominion, is the power, and the life that you need to speak directly into this situation. He said, It's you, Ezekiel. I'm going to command you to prophesy. And Ezekiel said, I prophesied as I was coming. Sometimes your situation is so broken and fall apart. Mm. 
that you need somebody to walk up to you and say, hey, I know what you're looking at. I know what the landscape is telling you. I know what the scenery is depicting to you. But it's time for you to open your mouth and lift your voice and begin to command what thus saith the Lord. He said, Ezekiel, you've got to prophesy. And I prophesied as I was commanded. Hey, he didn't stay silent. He opened his mouth when the Spirit of the Lord quickened him to speak. You know what that is? That's when you feel that surge of faith in your soul. And God says, I want you to speak to this situation. I want you to command something right now. And in that moment, you make a decision. Am I going to allow boldness and faith to take over? Or am I going to stay in the mindset of, oh, Lord God, thou knowest. Hey, friend, I'm stepping out of a... I'm stepping out of doubt and I'm stepping in to the prophetic. I believe that the word is in the mouth of the church and the church needs to stand and prophesy to the valley. These bones shall live again. Proverbs chapter 18, verses 20 and 21. Read this way. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. And with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Sometimes we stay silent. Because we're afraid that things, things may not turn out the way that we say or declare. Fear constrains us from releasing faith in a key moment. But this word tells me that one way or another, you are going to eat what you say or what you don't say. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So you can choose to stay silent if you want. But I'm going to choose to lift my voice and make an impact on the situation. Hey, I'm just crazy enough to believe that when I lift my voice in faith, that heavenly administration moves into action and responds when I begin to speak. In Ezekiel 37 and 4, that word prophesy in the original text is Naba. 
It means to speak by inspiration. To speak by divine influence of the Spirit. Hear this. Don't miss this last, this last phrase. To make oneself a prophet. Ah. Ah. When you read that same word, prophesy, in Acts 2 and 17, and it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Mm, they shall. They shall. Ah, you're more of a prophet than you think you are. A man's belly shall be filled by the fruit of his lips. Whether you realize it or not, your words are creating your world. What you are living with, what you are walking in, what you are dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis. Honey, you are creating the landscape of your life with your words. The prophetic rests inside you when you received the gift of the Holy Ghost. That word prophesy in Acts 2.17 is prophetio. To foretell events. To speak under divine inspiration. To exercise the prophetic office to prophesy. Ah. Now, I, wanna, I want you to just find one little thing here that jumped out at me that the Lord showed me. When we think about prophecy or prophesy, the way that we have traditionally thought about that gift flowing through people is in that second definition when it says to four tell events, right? We, we, we think, hey, hey, somebody prophesied to me that this would happen, right? <laughs> See, God's got, how many in here has got a calendar? All right, a couple of you, the rest are disorganized, hallelujah. <laughs> right? We got, my wife and I, we share a calendar, and on that calendar is my calendar, her calendar, the district calendar, our travel calendar, our kids' school calendar. I mean, that calendar is full. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Guess who else has a calendar? God. God has a calendar. Oh, Vinny, no. He doesn't, do you, he doesn't live in space and time. Okay. I, I got that. But the Bible does say on a certain day. Ha. Ah. It says, no man knows the day or the hour except him. So I see things in the word of God that tells me that even though he may not use my calendar, he's got a calendar that he keeps. And there are things on his calendar that are going to happen no matter what I do or don't do. So when a prophet, when a prophet prophesies and foretells an event, he is telling you something that is on God's calendar. 
It's going to happen no matter what you do or don't do. Ah. But there is a side of the prophetic that we have neglected to pay attention to. And it's not foretelling events. It's the fact that our words create the landscape of our life every single day to make one's self a prophet. That means when you begin to speak things, when you begin to prophesy into your life, you're not just making noise, but heavenly administration is released into action when a child of God lifts their voice and commands the bones to live. Now listen, I'm not talking about prophesying your new Mercedes. I hope the Lord blesses you with one. Okay? But, and I don't have time to get into it tonight. But there were prophets in Ezekiel that did exactly that kind of stuff. The Bible says they prophesied what was in their heart. Ah. How many of you have ever received the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues? Right. When you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, something began to stir in you. Ha ha. Just talking about it gets me excited. And something began to bubble up inside of your spirit. And there was a moment where you had to release your tongue for those tongues to come forth. For that utterance to come out. Amen. When you step into the prophetic, the same thing happens. But instead of speaking in tongues, you begin to speak in English. How many times have you prayed for somebody in an altar? And you felt a surge of faith in your soul. And you wanted to make a declaration of faith. And in that moment, you had to make a decision. Am I going to say this and risk looking like a fool? Or am I going to keep my mouth shut and just try to believe it on the inside? I've come to release you today and tell you it's all right to make a declaration of faith. You need to release a prophetic utterance when the Holy Ghost moves upon you. Hey, Ezekiel, prophesy as you are commanded. It's all right for you to look at a drug addict and tell him, hey, God can and will deliver you. It's all right to look at somebody who is sick and say, my God's a healer, and I believe he wants to heal you. It's all right to look at somebody who needs the Holy Ghost and say, I believe God is going to fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost 
today you can release the prophetic when you open your mouth. In the first definition, you are foretelling the future. But in the second definition, you are changing the future with your work. I don't understand, Pastor, why things never change. It's like this rain cloud just follows me around. I'm just always depressed. Yeah, you are. I just feel like I'm always tired. I ain't got no virtue. I ain't got no victory. Mm. Then change the way you speak. Stop affirming what you're feeling and start speaking what the Spirit is inspiring. The Holy Ghost will never inspire you to say, I'm depressed. I'm having a bad day. I'm down and out. I ain't got no energy. I ain't got no faith. That is not the language of the Spirit. You've got to learn to speak the language of the Holy Spirit and it is the prophetic utterance of faith. We've had to change the way we talk at our house. Uh, Don't happen overnight. It's a conscious decision to change your vocabulary. Uh, I call it the vocabulary of revival. Because you know what happens when you start speaking the language of revival? Ah, the people around you start speaking the language of revival. They start hearing faith. They start feeling faith. They start seeing the landscape of your life begin to change. And it inspires faith inside of him. They say, hey, he's talking a little different than how he used to talk. She's talking a little I know there's no gossips in here. But let's just say there was a gossip in a church. I know it's not here. But let's just say. Okay. Let's just say you're the gossip. Well, I can't believe they sung that song. He said he was going to preach short. He preached an hour. Are we ever going to get a different evangelist here in the summer? Oh, great. It's time for the offering again. 
What would happen? If you took it upon yourself to change the conversation and you begin to talk, hey, I'm in the Holy Ghost here tonight. What if the Calvary Church began to talk about at dinner how excited they are about the new daughter works that are being planted? What if the Calvary Church started talking about the revival that God is bringing to Cincinnati. What if the Calvary Church started lifting up and unifying in their speech the work that God is doing in this house? I'm going to tell you why this is so important. And what you need this. I'm going to ask you a question. I just want you to be honest with yourself. Okay, you don't have to answer or lift a hand. But how many of you have felt exhausted in the last 12 months? How many of you have felt depleted? Mental energy gone. Emotionally numb. Man, I'm in the Holy Ghost. Ah, things that used to move you, move you no more. Ah, you can sit through an incredible service and be like, man, that was good, but I just, I just don't got nothing in me. Mm. Ah, let me tell you what's been happening for the last 24 months. The church has been in a reactive posture. And we have been in a climate of volatility and chaos. And every few days, we got to pivot. We got to adjust. We got to reacclimate to a new wave of chaos. You're up here one day and down here the next day. Everything that has always been is changing. Everything that can be shaken is being shaken. And the church is looking around for a steadfastness, for something that is sure. And even the saints of God have introverted themselves. Is this all right? Ah, because we become exhausted, exhausted with the volatility. Woo. Things that we used to trust in, count on, we see them shaking. And so we step back in our faith, step back and start reevaluating. Well, what do I really think? What do I really believe? Do you know that these days were prophesied in the book of Daniel chapter 7? It said that the adversary would wear out the saints of the Most High God. Mm. The enemy wants you exhausted. He wants you worn out. Because guess what? When you're in a reactive posture and you're worn out, 
and you feel like you can't count on anything steadfast anymore, you know who you start talking to the most? Yourself. And you start trusting in your own opinion more than you trust the man of God or the word of God. Mm. Oh, well, I'm deep in it now. Maybe you can send me that text anytime. Uh, And when we start trusting in our own opinion and championing what we think over the man of God and the word of God, guess what you begin to speak? Your opinion. And this side over here thinks one thing, and you all are trying to figure out what you think, and you guys have camped out way over here, and everybody's right. (laughs) Because we became reactive. I'm going to share with you now what the Lord spoke to my spirit in December of last year. He said, it's time for my church to shift from a posture of reaction into a posture of the prophetic. He said, you don't have to let 2022 happen to you. I'm I'm getting the exact resistance that I thought I would. I don't think you're hearing me. Instead of you waiting for the next news cycle or the next talking head to tell you what to think and dictate to you what your opinion should be, why don't you open that book, get in your closet of prayer, and allow the Holy Ghost to stir a word inside of you that you can release into the atmosphere of your life stop being pushed around by the chaos and the volatility and start creating your tomorrows today release the prophetic in your life in this hour what you prophesied today becomes tomorrow's testimony I wish the church would release a sound of the prophetic Okay. You know what's you know what happens when you stop listening to them and you start listening to him? You stop saying what they're saying. You stop rehearsing the narrative of the world. And you start speaking the narrative of the kingdom. Let me tell you what the narrative of the kingdom is. It does not matter what chaos or volatility is ensuing in the world. God is still in control. The narrative of the kingdom is in the last days. Saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. He didn't say if the circumstance is right. If everything is just the way that I need it to be. He said I'm going to do it. 
I'm not relegated by what is going on in the world around you. The economy doesn't decide if he's a provider. He is a provider. Whatever news cycle is going on doesn't dictate if he's in power. He has all power in heaven and in earth. Come on, I feel in the room right now. I wish you'd just stand to your feet and open your mouth and allow the Holy Ghost to begin to stir something in your spirit in this moment. You're in a God moment right now. If you didn't recognize it, I'll go ahead and tell you. Lift your voice and begin to release a sound of the prophetic in your life. Go ahead and speak to that valley of dry bones and command it to live. I increase over inflation. I take authority and dominion over fear and over doubt. I'm telling you right now, he's a provider. You don't need to be afraid of what the reports are saying. He can and he will. In the name of Jesus, I command a release of the prophetic on this congregation right now. I command the wind of the Holy Ghost to blow through this sanctuary right now. Those that have been despondent in their faith, I speak faith to you now in the name of Jesus. Those that have been fearful of taking a step forward, I speak faith into your spirit now in the name of Jesus. Uh, for those of you that are being silent, let me remind you what the scripture said. So I prophesied as I was commanded. He had to be told, it's time to lift your voice and speak, Ezekiel.
I see unprecedented favor coming to Oxford. Favor in the local government, favor of resource. God's even going to open a door into that college. That is greater than the one you've already experienced. I'm telling you, faculty members are going to get wind of what is going on in the truth. He's going to flow in the hallways of that building I see lights coming on in the dark places in this city. In territory that the enemy has thought belonged to him for decades. I see lights coming on in these dark spots in this city. I'm telling you there's a root system in the spirit that's been growing. And the enemy didn't know. But there are things that have been growing under the surface. And in just a short it's going to seem like it's overnight all of a sudden sources of light are going to open up in the Cincinnati area you got an area of your life that you felt has been barren it's an area of your life you have given up on if that's you I'm going to ask you to come here right now there's an area of your life, something that ah, that you have walked away from, something you've given up on, something that even in years past you felt like the Lord has talked to you about, but it's been laying dormant for so long that you've all but given up on it. I want you to come to the front right now. Come quickly. Come quickly. Do not hesitate. Mm, basando lo boshanda la makayata there are some of you that have given up on getting a home because of what's happened in the real estate market I'm telling you right now you need to be up here tonight there are some of you God has talked to you about business ventures and you've locked up inside because you're fearful of what is going on in the economy I'm telling you right now you need to be up here tonight 
There are ministries inside some of you that you have allowed to go torment in your spirit because you thought there would never be a way for that to happen. You need to be up here tonight. There are people in this room that you felt like you've missed out. You missed the season that was supposed to be yours. And the enemy has convinced you that you're just going to sit on a pew and take up space the rest of your days. I'm speaking to you right now. You need to be up here tonight. Some of you have names that you used to call out in prayer that you have stopped calling out in prayer because you believe they become so enslaved, so ensnared in the world huh, that they could never walk through these doors. Huh. You need to be up here tonight calling out their names prophetically. There are people with broken places in their extended family that happened as a result of wounds, rejection, hurt, and betrayal. And it has fractured the family unit. And it became so painful that you no longer could touch it. You could no longer address it. I'm telling you, there is healing virtue here tonight. And there needs to be a prophetic utterance from your mouth that God can restore and he can reconcile in the name of Jesus. There are young people in this room right now that feel a call on your life. You've shared it with few, if any. You need to be in this altar tonight prophesying into that call that God has put in your spirit. Prodigals, finances, harvest, miracles, your own expectation for your life, the breakthrough that you need, the deliverance that you have sought for, the healing that you have hungered for in your broken spirit mm. and the visions of revival that God has given you glimpses of. Those prophetic utterances need to come forth from your lips tonight. If you're not up here praying, I'm asking you to just stay plugged in to what is happening because we're not finished. I'm asking you to just stay plugged in to what is happening. Don't fracture this flow of the Spirit right now. I'm telling you what I see in the Holy Ghost right now. 
people in these pews feel like they have broken callings. And God is telling you to prophesy to that tonight. You don't even know how to pick up the pieces. If you become complacent in your spirit, you lost your hunger. You lost your fire. Ah, you're basically an attendee at church. But there's no function of the Spirit flowing through you on a regular basis. I'm telling you, you need to prophesy life back into your soul tonight. By the authority of the Word of God and by the power of the name of Jesus, we command life into the valley of dry bones that is represented in this sanctuary sanctuary right now. We command a release of the prophetic to be loose in the lips, in the tongues, in the spirit of your people tonight. In the name of Jesus, release faith and boldness in the church to lift their voice and make a declaration of prophetic faith. Come on, church. It's time for you to look through the prophetic windshield instead of the rear view mirror of regret. God's beginning to give some of you glimpses right now. You feel an inspiration of the Spirit to begin to speak out. I release you to do it in the name of Jesus. Let those words be released into the atmosphere tonight. They will not return void. Begin to prophesy victory. Begin to prophesy victory. Begin to prophesy victory in the name of Jesus. If your financial house is not in order, you hear this preacher. If your financial house is not in order, I'm prophesying to you right now that if you will begin to inquire of the Lord, he will give you every piece that you need to build the financial infrastructure of your life. You have lived hand to mouth long enough. And God is saying to you tonight to turn your ear to the Spirit and he will give you the instruction that you need to build a sure house.
If you're in need of deliverance, you need to be in this altar here tonight. Come on, if you're in need of deliverance, there are, there are scores of people that should be moving right now. The Lord has shown it to me. I see it as a chain literally hovering over your head. There are people all across this room and some in the balcony that need to make their way down to this altar here tonight because you are in need of deliverance. There are mindsets that have bound you. There's been a vexation of spirit that has restrained you from moving forward in into a walk of victory. There are people with wounded spirits. And that wound has stunted your growth spiritually. Mm. I prophesy to you tonight, release it and give it to God in the name of Jesus. you are still in your seats tonight I'm going to invite you to begin to make your way down to this altar and join those that are praying I'm going to invite you to leave your pew walk down that aisle and let a unity of faith begin to gather in this altar space here right now I prophesy a breakthrough in your life tonight. I'm telling you right now, some of you are just a pew and an aisle walk away from the breakthrough that you need right now. And I prophesy to you to surrender to the Spirit.
at the beginning of this year, the Lord began to direct me to prophesy three certain things and to teach churches to prophesy about three certain things this year. If you're, if the Lord has been dealing with you about prodigals, if prodigals have been on your spiritual radar, you have had a burden for prodigals. Prodigals have been on your mind. You have found yourself thinking about prodigals, praying for prodigals. You've had a heart that has been drawn toward the prodigals that are, and this is the word that the Lord dropped in my spirit, prodigals that are literally littered all over this city. They are scattered. If that's you, I want you to come and stand right here in this portion of the altar. If you have had a heart for prodigals, I want you to come and stand right over here. Continue to move, continue to move. If you've had a heart for prodigals, I want you to come and stand all the way over here. Please continue to move as I move forward in this altar service. The Lord has been dealing with you about miracles, about notable miracles, about the gifts of healing, the gifts of God's been dealing with you about miracles. You have wanted to see them. You've wanted to be used in them. You've had a hunger for it. I want you to come and stand over here. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Notable miracles. Come on, I feel in the Holy There's some of you that have just been reading the book of Acts. You've had such a desire to see the things that you've been reading about. This is where you need to be standing. Uh, if you've had just an overwhelming burden, a heart for harvest, to reach the lost, to see exponential revival in your city. I want you to come and stand right here. God's given you a heart for harvest. You want to see people filled with the Holy Ghost. You want to see entire families change. You have thought, the thought has come to your mind. What if entire congregations were converted? What if entire denominations were converted to the truth? God has been dealing with you about exponential harvest, multiplication in the harvest. You want to pray people through to the Holy Ghost. You want to see tens, twenties, hundreds, thousands filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. This is where I want you to be standing.
We're going to pray again in just a moment, and I, I'm just going to share with you the instructions that I felt the Lord put in my, in my spirit for these prophetic prayers that we are going to pray tonight. This group of people, you are going to begin to prophesy pig pen moments in the lives of every prodigal in this city. The Bible says that when that prodigal was in the pig pen, he came to himself. He saw his true position in that pig pen, not just because he was in a pig pen, but he knew that he was separated from the Father. He was not where he belonged. He was lost. He was without promise. He had squandered his inheritance. Inheritance is not just money. See, some of you have believed because there are prodigals represented here that they got money. They got position. They got clout. They got worldly success. But I'm telling you right now, they can have a pig pen moment where they realize they have squandered their inheritance. You're going to begin to prophesy pig pen moments in the lives of every prodigal. And I will tell you this right now. I have been preaching this sermon for seven months in every church that I go into. And I am getting reports. It's just started to happen in the last few weeks. I'm starting to get reports regularly of prodigals beginning to come home in these churches where people have been prophesying these things. You're going to begin to prophesy boldness. You're going to prophesy boldness. Listen to me. To step into the miraculous requires boldness. And Proverbs teaches us where boldness comes from. Listen to me. Boldness comes from living a righteous life. When you are not living a righteous life, you will not feel bold to step into the miraculous when the Holy Ghost inspires you because you will feel like you are lacking because the enemy will immediately condemn you for things that you have done and decisions that you have made. For boldness to be released, there must be a restoration of righteous living in the lives of believers. You are going to prophesy boldness in the church again. And let me tell you something right now. These miracles that are going to happen, and I'm likewise beginning to get reports of notable miracles happening in churches. I've yet to receive this report, and I would be thrilled to receive it first from the Calvary Church. But I prophesy to you right now that there will be notable miracles that happen, not just in the altar on a Sunday, but there are going to be notable miracles that happen at your kitchen table, that happen in your living room, that happen when you go and meet somebody for coffee. I'm telling you right now, there are notable miracles uh, that are going to flow through the saints of the Calvary Church uh, as boldness rises up uh, in the saints of God again.
In September of last year, the Lord took me to the story of Noah. I said, I want you to read this story, and, 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 and I'm going to ask you a question. And I'm reading the story, and I read that verse that, that in the last days, it would be like in the days of Noah. They would be drinking and giving in marriage, and you know how the, the Scripture goes. And, and I felt as I read that that the Lord just kind of stopped me right there, and he said, what do you think that that means? And I said, well, I, it seems to me that it'll be just like life is happening normally. Things are, people are just going about their everyday lives normally. And in a moment, you show up. He said, that's right, but there's more there. He said, there's more there. He said, there's something else that has happened in this story that is going to happen in the latter rain. He said, I gave Noah two jobs. He said, one was possible and one was impossible. He said, I told him to build an ark. He said, and it took him a hundred years to build that ark. He said, my church has been building an ark for 2,000 years, preparing, preparing a space. He said, and when that ark was finished, he said, I told him he was to fill that ark with every kind of animal on earth. He said, that was an impossible task for a man. He said, but when the ark was ready, he said, I released a drawing of my spirit across the face of the earth. He said, and in one moment when my drawing was released, he said, animals that were on the other side of the world instantly changed their trajectory, their environment, and ignored their instincts to go towards what they were being drawn to. He said, he said, soon and very soon, he said, my ark is almost ready. He said, and I am going to release a drawing upon the face of the earth. He said, and in no time at all, he said, billions are going to be saved all across the world. Ah, hey, hey, I, I felt that right there. I felt some of you struggle with that word, but I prophesied to your faith, and I prophesied to your vision. Don't be small-minded. I'm telling you, God can release a harvest of billions in just a matter of moments. So tonight, I want you to prophesy that the Lord release a drawing in your city. A drawing in your county like never before. And I'm going to tell you right now, prophesying to you what's going to happen. His people are going to start showing up here on Sundays, Pastor. And people, your greeters are going to ask them, hey, how'd you hear about us? Where'd you see us? And they're going to say, I don't know. Something just drew me to this side of town. 
down. Something just pulled me down this road. There was something that just drew me down this street. And when I saw your church, I knew this is where I needed to be. Families are going to pull into that parking lot. They didn't find you on Google. They didn't see you on social media. But the Holy Ghost drew them to the ark. I'm going to ask right now that a couple members of the pastoral team would, drop, would join me up here. That's what I feel. I feel like there needs to be an agreement in prayer. If a couple members of this pastoral team would please join me. Jennifer, if you'd please join us on the platform. Ah, there's, there's about to be a great breakthrough right now. Every hand lifted towards heaven. I want you to spend the next 60 seconds right now just speaking in tongues and allow faith to be stirred. Allow the Holy Ghost to begin to flow through you right now. Stir up the gift of faith. Stir up the gift of faith. Because in just a moment, we're going to release prophetic prayers into the atmosphere of this city that are forever going to change the landscape of this county. This tri-county area is going to change as a result of the prophetic prayers that are going to be prayed here today by the authority of the Word of God and by the power of the name of Jesus. Lord, we release these prophetic prayers right now. Lord, we pray prophesy there will be a drawing of the Holy Ghost in this city or that families will pull in to this parking lot drawn here by the Holy Ghost we prophesy there would be a hunger release in this city for the truth for revival for an outpouring of the Holy Holy Ghost, uh, we prophesy tonight uh, that there will be uh, pig pen moments, uh, Lord, in the lives uh, of every prodigal. Ah, uh, uh, that even tonight uh, someone wake up uh, and come to themselves uh, and say, "My God, uh, I have squandered uh, my inheritance. Uh, I've got to get back uh, to my father's house." Uh, all right now, uh, oh, we prophesy uh, the release uh, of boldness in the believer again. We take authority and dominion over afflictions, infirmities, diseases, and diagnoses. In the name of Jesus, we prophesy a release of notable miracles. Prophesy deliverance in your city. 
prophesy deliverance in your city. Deliverance from delusion. Deliverance from deceit. Deliverance from addiction. Deliverance from entanglement. Deliverance from bondage. In the name of Jesus. We prophesy exponential revival. We prophesy entire congregations. Being rebaptized in the name of Jesus and being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I prophesy partnerships. In the name of Jesus. Oh, the spirit of intercession has moved into this room. Come on, it's necessary to prophesy. Intersection, intercession will bring your will into alignment with his will. And you'll begin to prophesy the will of the Holy Ghost. Speak victory, speak revival, speak wellness. Prophesy victory, ah, prophesy revival, prophesy wellness in the body of Christ. I prophesy increase over inflation in the body of Christ. I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost right now that if you will exercise good stewardship and be obedient to tithe and give of offerings, that you will not have to fear at all over your finances.
The next time you pull up to a gas pump, you don't complain about gas prices, but rather you give thanksgiving that the Lord has blessed you to put gas in your tank. The next time you check out at the grocery store, you don't speak the narrative of the world about how much more things cost, but rather you speak the narrative of the kingdom and say, he shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. For those of you that are looking for a house, I'm telling you, fear not. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. That is your narrative. There is no piece of real estate that he does not have access to. He can and he will. It doesn't matter what the market bears. He can and he will. Amen. pray one last prayer over you. I'm going to pray a prayer of peace over this body of believers. And I'm telling you that when you leave this place, you can leave here with a sweet assurance. <laughs> that nothing that is happening right now has taken God by surprise. If you will keep your ear to the Spirit, ah, you will keep your feet on the path, and you will keep your mouth speaking what the Word says, what the promises of God are. I'm telling you right now, you'll have a sound mind. You'll have an abiding peace. Speak thankfulness in the name of Jesus. Speak victory in the name of Jesus. Speak revival in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Speak wellness in the name of Jesus. These are the narratives of the kingdom. Speak victory in the name of Jesus. Speak peace in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray right now. Lord, I prophesy an abiding peace over the Calvary Church. Lord, that this peace will set up camp in their home. It'll set up camp in their marriages. It'll set up camp in their families. Lord, that they will not be fearful or when they are on the job, but they will have an abiding peace. Your steps are ordered of the Lord, Calvary. I feel the Holy Ghost telling me to tell you, you may have been sidelined by something, but your steps are ordered of the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. Or release the prophetic in this church. Prophesy your tomorrows today. Mm. Prophesy into your family. Prophesy into your children. Prophesy into your spouses. Prophesy into your city. Ah, it is. Prophesy. Alamondo into this church body. 
I prophesy unity in the name of Jesus. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.